Hello, this is Brian Martin. And this is Jennifer Martin. And you're listening to... Real Estate Love. Real Estate Love. What a beautiful title. <laughs> Our program is about strengthening your home and growing your business. And when we think about growing your business, we like to think about growing your wealth. Because we think that's very, very important. We have many years of experience in the real estate industry. We have a real estate firm that is a four-generation firm now. We are involved in all kinds of real estate business-related entities, such as owning properties and being involved in the community and different levels in real estate. And we like to bring our, our wisdom and our insights to bear to share with you because Jennifer and I really care about the real estate agent, and we also care about the affiliates that we work with, too. So, some time ago, we decided that we would sit down and start recording our thoughts and sharing them with you so that you could listen to them. Isn't that fun? Yeah, it is fun. It is fun. I yeah. agree. We also have a video blog by the same name, and you can find that at our YouTube channel, which is called Real Estate Love as well. So we want to invite you to listen to that. And we also have a Facebook page, which is ironically called Real Estate Love. <laughs> <laughs> you are so funny. And there is a place there where you can connect with us and others as we think about this wonderful, life-changing industry that we're in, that we are in. Today, Jennifer and I want to talk with you about uh, home issues. Well, it'll also spill over into your business. We want to talk with you about what happens when there gets to be so much stress that it affects you. You know, Brian, I want to start out with a story. It, it's actually a story that happened yesterday. An agent came to me and she was talking about, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> she was talking about my client. And she said, um, oh, your, your poor little client just gets so, so worked up about everything. And, and she's so concerned about uh, her tenants, who happen to be her relatives. And, and um, you know, she, she's a little bit high strung. And I looked at this agent and I said, you know, it's interesting that you would say that because... In a lot of ways, she resembles you. Wow. And she looked at me and I said, you know, you take on everyone's problems and you want to solve them just like my client does. She wants to be the biggest giver. She wants to take care of everyone. I don't know if she really wants to, but that's her role and her family. And, and I said, and that's what you do. And I said, I think... It's good to see that in her because really what she needs to do and what I think you need to do is to first take care of yourself. And she looked at me and she said, you're absolutely right. And so I think that oftentimes in our lives and in our homes and in our business, we get caught up in taking care of all of these pressing needs that we forget to find that calmness and that peace and that healthy place within ourselves. 
That's a really good point. So, we get so busy that we neglect to take care of ourselves. And I really think that if we would take care of ourselves, and you've heard this all of your life, take care of yourself first. It's like putting your oxygen mask on in the airplane first, right. and then you can help somebody else. Right. And and I think that if we would take care of ourselves, we'd actually be more effective in helping others. Well, what kind of ideas do you have for helping ourselves? Well, you know, it, it goes back to uh, rituals. Uh -huh. So getting up at, at a, a, I like an early hour. So today I was up at 10 till 5. Most days I'm up at 10 till 5. And to me, that's that's just the best way to start your day. And then to be able to get up and make your bed. Um, I went for a swim this morning. So I, I put exercise in there every mm -hmm. morning. And so by... Taking care of the morning and doing things that help me with my my health, but also with my mind, is one way that I can take care of myself. Well, I, I would say that you actually started your self-care not at 4.50 this morning, but at 9 o'clock last night. Well, well, you're right, because I, and I prepared myself earlier than that. I, I mm. came in and laid down and I listened to a book. I didn't watch TV. I listened to an entertaining book. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't something that I needed to be highly focused for. In fact, mm -hmm. I, I think I slept off and on throughout the story. Uh -huh. And uh, then at 9 o'clock, I was able to get up and uh, think about how I was looking forward to 4.50 in the morning and how grateful I was that I had such a nice bed to climb into. And I went to bed. All right. So for you, self-care begins when you go to bed the night before. It, it you does. Have a, you have a bedtime ritual that you enjoy. And your bedtime ritual helps you to prepare for your sleep. And not only that, but you practice gratitude, which is a really great thing to do. And then after you practice gratitude, uh, you think about what's going to be happening in the morning. And you look forward to that. And so you prime yourself for a positive experience when you wake up. Ah, it's time for me to get up, and I'm going to take my swim, and I'm going to engage in self-care. You don't say that, but that's what you are doing. And that's how you begin, and that helps you to prime your day. Well, and as it's priming my day, it's priming me to be able to help others without it creating that chaotic uh, frenzy inside of me because when we don't take care of ourselves and we approach other people's emotions and problems they became they I feel like they become chaotic inside of us because there's no center yet does that make sense yes so you have all these, all these different competing ideas and thoughts that are going through your head and they're all Com they're all competing, like I said, and they're looking for their, their role and their place. But what you've done by priming yourself with your positive self-care, oh, I hate that word positive. Um, it is positive, but, but I don't mean like in a positive psychology way. How about it's just healthy self-care? Healthy, yes. Or, or another word I like to use is called human. 
your human self-care, your grooming, you know, you're preparing for sleep, these kind of rituals. Those, when that happens, then your authentic self or the real you is at the center of your thoughts and, and, and controlling things rather than those ideas that are competing and floating around your head. Well, I think it's also that it's, um, you know, when you have one aspect of your life, I'm, I'm going to say under control, or or controlling. I love the word control. So when you have one aspect there, I think it spills over and helps you to realize what you can do or what you can't do for others. Mm-hmm. It, I I agree with you a hundred percent because it does it puts your it puts your your thoughts are subject to your control. So what I also find is when I'm not controlling my thoughts and I'm interacting with my family, and I'm feeling the chaotic frenzy of my emotions and other people's emotions, I throw up my wall of protection. Okay, let's, before we get to the wall of protection, let's just recap. And if you're taking notes today, let's put number one in being able to help control stress that affects your relationships at home and at work is to engage in self-control by having um, self-caring, self-caring rituals. Absolutely. And for Jennifer, uh, one of the most important self-caring rituals that helps her to remain centered and in control of her world is the self-caring role that begins the night before and preparing for sleep, priming herself for sleep, and then engaging in the activities in the first thing in the morning at 4.50 a.m. to help launch her into her day centered and ready to go. So that's, that's really, really helpful. All right, so let's talk about the wall of protection because that's an inevitable event that happens with people. And for those of you who don't know, the, the wall of protection comes from a, a diagram from a model that Jennifer and I call the home model. And inside the home model is, well, the people who you live with. And there, when tension and pressure from money pressures, from pressures from your, your family and from your community, health issues and issues from the culture, bear down so hard, then the automatic response, and it is automatic, it's, it's primitive. It's, what I mean primitive, it's deep, deep inside and built way back in your brain. The primitive response is to throw up your wall of protection because the, the most important part of human life is survival or being safe. And so it's necessary from time to time for people to throw up a wall of protection to keep them safe. It's a, it's a neutral item. It's not good. It's not bad. It just is. The ultimate purpose of it is good because it's trying to keep you safe, trying to help you survive. So, but what one of the natural consequences of the wall of protection is that it hinders the flow of love and communication between the individual and the other members of the family because there's a wall up. So, you know, Brian, we we talk about the wall of protection um, a lot in relationships, like if. If you say something that hurts me or if there's a financial pressure or something in our, our marriage and, 
and I, one of us throws up that wall of protection. But I, I, I also think, and I also think, that that wall of protection is just when I'm overwhelmed. Overwhelmed with, with life issues. And I'll throw that wall of protection up because I want to find a safe place. You know, I can't handle anymore is what sometimes happens. And that wall goes up. And I don't know that that's really... I don't know that that's really a true statement that, quote, I can't handle anymore. Yeah, no, it's not true. That's just your first response. That's what Daniel Kahneman calls your system one thinking. Right. It's just the first thing that pops into your mind at, at a stressful moment. And so then what what we do is that we engage in system two thinking, which is paying more attention, being more mindful, or what I like to say is taking more control. So when that system one thinking pops up, though, and my wall goes up, it's like, I don't want you to ask me anything. I don't want my mom to ask me anything. I don't want anybody to put any more on me. And so I withdraw behind that safe wall, right? Right. And it's with that system two thinking where I start realizing hey, this isn't that, I, I don't need to be behind this wall. You know, this isn't something that I can't deal with. This isn't something that I don't have the tools, the skills, the gifts, and the talents to work through. Then I can allow my wall to come down. Right. At some point, you realize that your wall of protection is up. And most people do not realize that the wall of protection is up until it's been up for a while. Now, a while might be a few seconds, or it might be 30 minutes. Or it could be... It could be a week. Yeah. Um, but once they realize the wall of protection is up, then they can escape from the primitive, animalistic approach, and they can engage their prefrontal cortex and start managing, or that word that I like so much, controlling the their own thoughts and their feelings and their emotions and and how it affects them and other people. Well, I think I've been really fortunate to be in a relationship with you because you've really helped me identify that wall of protection. And so I feel like I don't live behind it as much as I did in the first 20 years. <laughs> well, it's like your mom says, the first 50 years of marriage are the hardest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, we only have a few more to go. Right. <laughs> Actually, I only think it's the first 20. But, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but so, I really think that's helped. Yeah. So the, and I want to emphasize again that it, the wall is a beautiful thing. And when I, see the, when I see my wall of protection go up and when I see your wall of protection go up, I, I'm thankful and I say, oh my gosh, there's that beautiful mechanism that helps keep people safe and uh, helps them to control their lives. And uh, that is a system to thought in itself. Because when another person's that you're living with, their wall of protection goes up, it can make you feel like you need to put up your wall of protection as well. So you've got a double wall. And those take even longer and more difficult to deal with. But if you can see that that your loved one, that your beloved, is um, has a wall of protection up, then you can respond appropriately. 
And what kind of responses are appropriate? So the, the, the wall can't come down until the owner of the wall lowers it. So if we, let's just go with it and say it's your, your, your wall. I'll, okay? I'll claim it. All right. So when I see that it's your wall, there's nothing in the world that I can do to lower your wall. I can't yell at you to make it go down. No, I, that would make it go no, higher. No, that would make it go higher and thicker, and that cause damage. I can't manipulate it down by tricking you, and I, you know, by by anything. There's only one way that the wall of protection comes down, and that's when the owner of the wall lowers it. And brings it down. So, what would make me lower, or well, what would you help to, me? You'd have lower. to feel safe again. Okay. You'd have to feel your that you're you you can release your survival mode because you realize that you're safe again, and and you feel like you're in a trusting environment. And when you know that you're safe, then you can you can lower the wall and you can come out from behind it again. And the way that that I can help that when when. When your wall of protection up, there's only one one thing that only one response that I can do, and that's just to continue to love you. It's not in an effort. It's not a manipulative t- thing where I'm saying to myself, "Oh my God, Jennifer's wall of protection is up." In order to protect myself, I must love her. No, 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 no. That's not the way it is. I just continue to, to love you the way that I always have, and uh, I, I. In, in in doing so, I, I help you to feel safe. So is this where you use the the three kinds of little things? Yes, there are three kinds of little things. And there are kind thoughts, and there are kind words, and there are kind actions. But I don't just use them at those times. I've decided that I am a loving person. And so my response to you all the time, whether your wall of protection is up or not, is I'm going to be kind, I have kind thoughts about you, I'm, I'm a kind person, I'm a loving person. And as a loving person, I always have kind thoughts, I always have kind words, I always have kind acts. And so when you see those, and when they're authentic, when you recognize that they're authentic in me, then you're going to say, oh, you know what, Brand's an okay guy, and I'm just having a difficult time, and he, he, he is safe. And, and I'm okay to lower my wall. But so I didn't do anything except just continue to love you because I'm a loving person. And that's when, the, that's when the wall comes down. Now, here's a problem, and that is when I see this a lot with people. They, they come to me and they say, hey, my spouse or my loved one is um, you know, really defensive. And that's a bad word. Eliminate the word defensive from your vocabulary, please, because it's just a bad word. It is. Um, so when, and I, I will correct them, and I say, you mean when your 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 loved one's wall of protection is up? Yes. And so what? How can I lower her, her wall? And I'll just look at them and smile and say, you, you can't. All, all that you can do is just to continue to love them. Yes, but I need to do something. So I said, well, do kind thoughts, kind words, and kind actions, and I give them examples for it. And so they'll go back and they'll say, they'll, they'll be kind. They'll be extraordinary kind. And, but the loved one recognizes that that is manipulation. All that they're, they say that the one who owns the wall says, well, the only reason they're doing this is to, they want me to act differently. 
And they're not coming from a place of authenticity where they're genuinely loving me. They're trying to manipulate me so that I will lower my wall. So I think the, the thing that you're saying is that, that being a loving person is something that we each have to desire and decide and then take control to be. Exactly. And so I would say to everybody, first of all, if you're going to be in a relationship, the number one thing you need to do is to be a loving person. And, and I'll tell you right now what a loving person is. A, a loving person is one who uses their gifts, their skills, their talents, and their tools for the benefit of other people. And, and it's, all about, it's all about the other person when it's in a relationship. And, and so to, to direct your love and your attention to them means taking everything that you are, all the good things that you have, your entire self, and bringing them as a gift into the relationship and saying, here I am, here's who I really am. And that's the key to a, a loving relationship is for you to actually be a loving person. So let's. So th these people, when I'm counseling with them or talking with them about the difficulty they're having in their relationship, and I say to them, I add this caveat. I say to them, you know, your relationship may not continue on. Whoa, that's a scary thing. Yeah, it is a scary thing. And I say to them, if your relationship ends, then what will you do? And they and they look at me and they go, well, what do you mean? I say, well, you know. Probably the most important thing that you can do for yourself and for your loved one and for your future relationships is for you to become a loving person. And, and that, that right there is the key, is for the individual to be a loving person, one who knows that they can bring all their gifts, their skills, their talents and tools to bear in a relationship, all of the good things that they have in their heart and bring it to a relationship and be authentically be a loving person in the world. And I think there's only one thing that keeps people from doing that. And what is that? Do you have any idea what it might be? Well, my first thought was selfishness. Well, it's close. It's survival. People need to survive. And so they'll do anything in the world to survive. They'll even, they'll even use their tools for, for uh, negative purposes just to survive. And so when you can get to the point where your survival, your survival isn't the most important thing in the world, but the survival of your community, the survival of your family, the survival of your children, the survival of other people around you, when that becomes more important than your own survival, then you're coming from a place of strength. So it's kind of interesting because by taking care of yourself, which is where we started this, by taking care of yourself, you're able not to focus on survival. You're able to focus on thriving. Well, you're, you're able to, to, to use your prefrontal cortex, your management tools to its fullest extent. When, when you are engaged in system two thinking, then that's, that's when you can future think, that's when you can problem solve, that's when you can contribute, that's when you can create, that's when you can become the 
full person that you're supposed to be. But so, when you're stuck in a survival mode, all that you're doing is protecting yourself constantly. And so when you're in, stuck in a survival mode, your main uh, way of thinking is system one. It, it's right. It's all animalistic. Just you're, survive. You're not, you're not fully using your God-given gift of your prefrontal cortex. We're the only animal on the planet that has that, that kind of a developed brain. And, you, and so you actually revert to your animalistic behavior when you're trying to survive. Wow. And, here, and here's, here's the thing. And this, this, is, this makes me have a lot of compassion and empathy. 95% of the people in the world are just trying to survive. So that means virtually every person that we meet are in a survival mode. And they haven't yet emerged out to where they're doing anything else but just surviving. Wow, and, that really... Isn't that, isn't that amazing? So, yeah. so whenever I encounter anybody, I'm listening right away and I'm, I'm wondering, okay, now are they surviving or have they been able to develop their thinking and they're actually controlling a little bit more in their life? And what's beautiful is that, you know, in, in our business, because there's so much testing and struggle, when we, when we encounter people and they, come to us, and they come to us frequently, I have this problem in this, in this contract. Do I do this or do I do the other thing? And when they're, doing, when they're engaging that problem solving and they're seeking help, that means they're going beyond just surviving and they're looking for answers. And when I hear that they're looking for answers, I'm thinking, oh, wow, this person is in a growth mode. I need to bless it. I need to, you know, to encourage it. And so, and so I actively engage in loving them by thinking good thoughts about them, having kind words for them, and then doing kind things for them. And one of the, and just as an anecdote, as we're closing, coming to an end of the session, one of the most important kind acts that you can do for a person, you know the answer to this. And it's to smile it's at It's just them. to smile. Mm -hmm. uh, just, you, it, is, it doesn't even have to be an authentic smile. But, but when a person sees a smile on a face, that means that the, the person is likely to be safe. And when a person is, is likely to be safe, we're going to lower our wall just a little bit and we're going to allow a little flow of energy between us. And that's, that's a really loving and inviting thing to say and to do. Brian, thank you for sharing all of these wonderful thoughts. I, I just love being reminded because it encourages me to live this way. Yeah. Well, thank you. So just a real quick summary. We, uh, we're talking, talking about what we can do to, to uh, deal with the pressure in our life. And we talked about the rituals of priming yourself for your day and taking control and centering yourself. And then we also talked about the function of the wall of protection and what we can do to control that beautiful and magnificent and that wonderful gift that everybody has, the wall of protection. For more information, you can reach us at our Facebook page where you can direct message us at, <clears throat> at um, um, I forget, draw a blank here. Real Estate Love. Real Estate Love. I'm so excited about my day that I forgot. Real Estate Love. 
And our goal is to, um, to strengthen the home and to build your business or to build your wealth. And we just think that you are an amazing human being. And with the resources that you develop in your career, you're going to be able to not only fund a fantastic life for yourself, but to help change the world. I'm Brian Martin. And I'm Jennifer Martin. And we want to thank you so much for listening to this episode of Real Estate Love. God bless you. Bye-bye. And have a great day.